2023 has arrived and we're pleased that you have joined us today on the ICB News Channel, episode 14. This is a podcast designed to keep bookkeepers and small business owners aware and abreast of all the latest events, announcements, compliance and learnings that simply bookkeepers need to be across. My name is Rob Marshall and I'm joined today by the ICB's Executive Director, and all things compliance and ATO guru, Matthew Addison. Matthew, Happy New Year and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. Good to be here. Good to be here for 2023 and looking forward to a year that hopefully is a little bit different to a couple of the past ones. Yeah, it has been uh, a tough couple of years uh, for everybody associated with bookkeeping, whether that be our professional bookkeepers out there, our small business owners, the bookkeepers who work in employment and I guess we've all got a sense of, of hope that this year will bring some, uh, some, some better things. One of the things that just before we get into some really uh, important topics that we want to talk about today and some backstory behind some items that we have on both our website and in our December 2022 newsletter, I just wanted to, to sort of put a little bit of a focus on the importance of bookkeepers keeping a, a, a focus on what's coming up and the year ahead. We've got a, our uh, ICB Summit coming up in March and I'll be talking all things Summit with our uh, CEO, Amanda Linton, a little bit later in this episode. But from your perspective, Matthew, what, 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 why is it important for a bookkeeper, do you believe, whether that's a bookkeeper, a professional bookkeeper or a bookkeeper working in employment, why is it important to stay abreast and across of what's coming up and what is yet to be? Rob, what seems to cause us all a whole lot of stress is when we get ambushed by something or something changes that we weren't aware of and all of a sudden we've got a deadline and there's a new process or it's even a new web screen or a new website or it's a a new compliance activity that's required or somebody's expectation that you do something a little bit differently. And if we get ambushed by that because we're told really late or we pay attention to it really late, our stress levels go up, our anxiety levels go up, and our, um, how do I express this, our willingness to engage with it properly yeah. might diminish a little bit. So, Robert, I think the way you, you introed it, you know, calling out, just staying in touch with what's going on around you, staying in touch with what might be coming up. Um, Sounds like a little bit of an ad for our summit, to be honest, Rob, but it is a little bit of what I know that you and I have talked about. We've talked about it in ICB, that our community does really, really well when we're feeling informed. We've got the processes and the knowledge to be able to inform others and to undertake a reasonable, rational, realistic uh, approach to doing what we do. Then our stress levels come down and we can enjoy what we're doing. Stress levels have been high and uh, certainly burnout's been strong within uh, our our community, our bookkeeping community for the last couple of years. We, we've called that out. It's been a, a really, really tough year, couple of years, as you mentioned in your uh, intro. Um do you see the opportunity for innovation this year? There's some things that uh, we're going to talk about in a moment that are going to probably uh, bring about, you know, some new focuses for the new year. Do you see the ability for bookkeepers to continue to grow out their 
their um, their practices, whether that be a sole trader practice or whether that be a business that's trying to grow in numbers or even for our small business owners. Is there some encouragement do you think that we will see some, some uh, smoother times ahead? There's elements of our world, Rob, that give me a lot of positivity about us continuing to develop. So for some of us, it's just using technology a little bit better to do some of our tasks more effectively. For some of us, it's adopting new technology or a new approach or technology in an area we might not have played with before. And that gives us some um, enthusiasm to change what we're doing and develop what we're doing. I I think there's a real mix going on here. For some, we're comfortable with where we're at and what we do and how we do it, but staying at the cutting edge of doing it properly using current technology, current processes is the right thing to do. So your question was about innovation into 2023. I'd I'd probably use a different word than innovation. Um, It's enjoying 2023 and beyond. It's enjoying what we do doing it the way that um, is both easy um, but professional as well is a good word. I think our community likes doing things properly and we do things properly when we're following the right process, using the best tech and um, able to demonstrate what we've done and how we've done it really, really well. Having the time to do it really, really well probably in today's world means using the best tech and contemporary tech to to do it. So, look, there there are some things about 2023 I'm really keen for, Um, keen that we approach it really quite quite sensibly and systematically, Uh, and I think we can enjoy doing what we're doing. Encouragement. That's what we're, uh, I guess, we're about, and uh, we've, we've started off on a positive note Uh, for 2023 in this podcast, we really, really want to encourage all of our community out there to feel um, energised for a new year and we want to make sure that we're here uh, through this podcast and through the many other various channels and mediums that we have through the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers to enable you, to allow you to feel that you you are energised as you go into a, a new year. Encouragement, uh, as I've just said, is important as we go into a new year, but just as importantly, we need to be across things. We need to be across things that have come out the back end of 2022 that are going to infect, uh, in, not infect, <laughs> affect us as a, a bookkeeping community and for those working with um, the things that just continue to roll around, that compliance, those announcements, those events that I mentioned at the start of this particular episode. One of the things that came up late in the year and certainly created a lot of media um, and and our focus in this podcast is to not go with what media and others may be saying but what we believe, the bookkeeper view, I guess I've heard you call it many a time before, Matthew, the bookkeeper view of of things. The Australian Workplace Relations Overhaul um, in our... um, in our newsletter for 2022, we've got um, a statement that says the industrial relations reform package that uh, occurred late in 2022 is a significant and complex set of measures that are likely to impact impact many bookkeepers within the next few years. There are many elements to the reform. So do you want to give us a little bit of a, an overview of, of how you saw that uh, unfold 
the Australian workplace relations overhaul. And there was a lot of words thrown out there like multi-employer bargaining and uh, a number of other things that uh, I'd love for your view on, Matthew, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear as well. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Look, it is an interesting area, but it's a really complex area. We could get quite overwhelmed if we tried to understand all the intricacies of it. What we had, as we are all more than well aware, is we had an election during the last year. We had a new government come in, and that new government has really done what most new governments do, is go on a reform agenda. So they've picked up industrial relations Everybody across the whole spectrum of our Australian environment has said there are things that need to improve in our industrial relations environment. This government has picked it up and started running with a series of reform areas that they want to make change in. Um, So noting that they're a Labor government, so their perspective is based on Labor policy, and that comes through in some of the things that we're moving. But I've got to say... Everybody has said we need some change. They're touching on areas that need change. They're touching on some areas that one could argue about, but the reform is happening. We could talk, Rob, and get really sidetracked on the process of reform, the process of consultation, whether we've got the perfect set of answers being brought to the table. But what we've got is we've got some change happening. And we're going to have to keep working with those changes. And as bookkeepers, some of those changes are in front of us. Fortunately for the small business, they have brought some concessions in and some exclusions in as well. So um, flexible working arrangements is one that got looked at. Whereas Mm. now, if an employee comes to the employer and says, I want a flexible working arrangement, arrangement, there's new provisions there that mean the employer has to respond, has to justify what they do accept or don't accept, or put an alternate proposal. And if they can't come together and agree on that flexible working arrangement, the Fair Work Commission can get involved and make requests of the employer. So again, we've got a bit of a development there where some flexible work was being dis. Um, disallowed or not granted by employers in unreasonable circumstances. And Rob, I don't know how you're reading the business environment now, but post-COVID, there is a real call out by the workforce to consider flexible working arrangements, work from home sometime, work from the office sometime. Uh, I think our culture of the workplace has changed And this flexible working arrangements deals with some of that and opens up some of that. Yeah. Uh, Multi-employer bargaining has been talked about a lot. That label means a lot of things. It has been misinterpreted and misunderstood a little bit on the journey. But we now have three streams of employer bargaining uh, that has been brought to the table. Now, I've got to say, if you've got a headcount of less than 20, you're actually out of this compulsory bargaining requirement. But if you've got 20 or more headcount on your staff and the majority of your employees vote to include you in multi-employer bargaining, then you need to enter the process and go along the process. If it's more than 50, uh, then the Fair Work Commission can direct an employer 
to, to get involved. So there's a couple of different things in there, but for most small businesses, which apparently is about 97% of employers fit into this small category, um, we won't need to go or be forced into a collective multi-employer bargaining world. Best advice, should you or should one of your businesses you work with uh, be approached by a union or your workforce or any, is get some IR help. And Rob, we um, are partnered with Employment Innovations. They have a great team. Uh, we re-rewrote, we re-rewrote our resources um, <laughs> based on some employment innovation material that they brought out. They're right on top of it. And ICB members use that resource um, and businesses make contact with employment innovations because this is what they do on a minute-by-minute basis. Uh, one that did change just in nature a little bit with this, Rob, was the areas of sexual harassment. And the narrative around and the obligation on employers about ensuring that your workplace has all the mechanisms in place to prevent sexual harassment. So there's now a positive obligation on employers to make sure um, the techniques, the workplace, the culture, the processes are in place to prevent sexual harassment occurring. So the practical resources by that, keep an eye on that as that comes into being and as the employment lawyers actually talk about it. In so many ways, Rob, this positive obligation on employers to have a safe workplace for sexual harassment reasons is very similar to the positive obligation on employers to have a safe workplace anyway. They've just brought the sexual harassment side into the same sort of obligation. For most, one would very much hope and and state it's not going to change a lot, but again, it may just be some positive acknowledgement by employees, by management, by behaviour of what is accepted in the workplace. So generally, to to sum that up, there's a lot to unpack, but having said that, from a bookkeeping perspective, it's probably not going to, I'm talking about generally across the the board, this Australian workplace relations overhaul isn't going to impact bookkeepers dramatically. So I think one of the things that we call out is that sometimes we hear things, we see things, and we think that there's a lot more to read into it than what it is. You've already said that, especially things like the multi-employer bargaining. Um, There's probably way too much being written about it that makes you feel as though, well, I need to understand this more. Uh, I think your summation of it is really good. And I'll call it out, page eight of our December newsletter has some um, excellent explanations from our friends at Employment Innovations and we'd encourage you to go and read that and be across it and certainly for members if you've got more questions we'll continue to 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 roll this out as it as it unfolds you might say but uh, from the point of view of urgency to do anything at this stage not a lot is is probably the number one call out. Yeah, not a lot, Rob. Um, There's a couple of ones in there that uh, we will, as ICB and Employment Innovations I know are working on, that is some of those practical things that is good for our community to know and business owners to know. Um, 
you know, Rob, you and I talk about it all the time, the business information sheet that might explain multi-employer bargaining on one page, the business information sheet that will now explain the new pay secrecy laws on one page. What's the new pay secrecy law? You can no longer prohibit in your employment agreement a worker from sharing their rate of pay. Yeah. You can't prohibit it. You... That doesn't mean the worker has to share their rate of pay. It just means you as an employer can't say to Rob Marshall, you can't tell everybody. It's up to Rob to know whether he shares or not. So some of those explanations can be brought out. Why do I think it's bookkeeper speak, Rob? Because what we do as bookkeepers in Australia, so many of us do payroll. So because you're doing payroll, the employer asks you about, oh, what about this? What about this? They push the limits of our scope. So um, there's a few things there, Rob. Um, There's there's a little bit of work going on around fixed-term contracts as well. When you employ somebody on contracts, maybe you try to limit it for a year. It's a one-year contract. If you renew that contract for another year, well, the new law actually says, well, stop making it a one-year contract, they're actually a permanent employee now. So uh, keep your eye on it. Don't overstress it. Don't overwork it. But uh, keep an eye on it and do have a look at the newsletter and the employment innovation, slightly expanded version of this explanation. Absolutely. And I can hear, you know, a few small business owners or bookkeepers in employment uh, saying, but hang on, we don't have access to page eight of the newsletter. We've also got some information on our website, icb.org.au, that you can tap into. And of course, as we keep doing, we'll throw it out there. You can also enjoy the benefits of the ICB member newsletter uh, by looking at the options to become a member. So uh, icb.org.au has all of those explanations as well as some great news items for you to be able to tap into. And as Matthew said, keep abreast and just generally have some understandings in speak that you can work with around the Australian Workplace Relations overhaul and as it continues to unfold. So let's continue through um, a couple of other topical um, things that we believe you need to be across as bookkeepers, business owners. A lot of talk uh, about the um, paid family and domestic violence leave that is also starting to to unfold in the early parts of this year, Matthew. But uh, in our newsletter and again in our news items on our website, we've got an update in relation specifically to pay slips and reporting when it comes to paid family and domestic violence leave and uh, we've made a few comments as the ICB around that. Do you want to sort of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, Two months ago, we brought you the information, the resources, the approach as a bookkeeper or as an employer about this change in law. For large businesses from February 23, for smaller businesses, headcount of 15 or less, sorry, less than 15, it's August 23. Uh, paid now, employer paid family domestic violence leave. So all those resources were in November. They they exist on our website for our members, including the records you need to keep. What's happened in the last month is the Fair Work Commission came out and confirmed their approach to what should be on a payslip or what shouldn't be on a payslip. And we've included that, as you said, Rob, in the news items and in the website, just talking about 
If somebody is on family domestic violence leave, it should not show up on the payslip. There is that secrecy and confidentiality clause. When you're on paid family domestic violence leave, you get paid exactly what you would have as if you had worked. So let's think about that from a bookkeeper's point of view. What's the easiest way to pay what you would have got? Pay it as though they were in the office or in the workplace. Same pay categories, same allowances, same rates of pay. Super applies the same way. Overtime applies the same way. The pay slip will show it as though they worked. And your record of the family domestic violence leave would be a separate record. Yeah. So again, some some understandings that bookkeepers need to get their heads inside just to be aware and certainly that call out about... uh, uh, you know, secrecy when it comes to the domestic violence leave and, and how that's shown on the payslip is something that I think many need to be cognizant of. Because as you said, Matthew, one thing bookkeepers do and do very well is is work with business owners when it comes to payroll. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, where the output, the payslips, the reporting that results from payroll is in accordance with the new laws that have come through. And that's why we've put the update into the newsletter, uh, page 10, uh, for those who haven't had a look at the newsletter yet, uh, along with uh, listening to, to Matthew's explanation, we'd encourage you to go and read as well and have a look. Let's have a, a bit of a chat about, uh, the, the, it's a pretty action-packed newsletter, the December one. Uh, we led into Christmas with a bang and into the new year with some with some uh, learnings for everybody to grab hold of, hopefully. Um, we have a quite a feature article in the newsletter around bookkeeping for the medical industry. So one of the things we do at the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers from time to time is tap into industry-related bookkeeping and things that are affecting those industries. And uh, again, uh, if you're a fairly new member to the Institute or to the ICB, we'd encourage you to go and have a look at a lot of our resources and recorded webinars around industry-related um, uh, topics that we've had. We've uh, covered off on sporting associations, NDIS and a number of other uh, industry-specific. And the, our focus in December was very much on the medical industry. And I'd encourage you, if you weren't aware, uh, again, in our newsletter on page 16, uh, the uh, the very talented Deb Thompson and Pauline Walton ran a series of web tech webinars, three tech webinars across the back end of um, sort of November, December, uh, covering bookkeeping in the medical industry. And the, the three sessions they ran covered a general overview of the healthcare industry when it comes to bookkeeping and looking at things like GST and how that impacts on data entry in the, uh, the healthcare industry. Uh, but then they also did a specific session on health, uh, the medical industry when it comes to billing and how that unfolds and also a final session, final session on the medical industry staffing. So again, that payroll HR aspect of bookkeeping that comes into play. Matthew, I've got to tell you in my uh, 25 long years or more of bookkeeping, um, when you get involved with the medical industry, you won't kind of believe how quickly it tangents and very quickly, you know. um, From my experience, you might go in thinking that you're going to talk to a doctor or a professional in private practice only to find that you walk out also then doing the books for a, uh, a gardener or the, uh, the, a receptionist or uh, perhaps a, a chiropractor or a radiologist or an audiologist. There's so many aspects of the health industry 
that um, bookkeepers can get involved with. Uh, I listed them down and gave up trying to list off all the tangents that come out of the medical industry when you become involved as a bookkeeper and the opportunities there are massive. Yeah, um, so. absolutely, Rob. Yeah, and it's one of the industries that we've done a lot of work on over a lot of years and a lot of iterations. So it was great to see the team um, refresh some of those resources recently. And the one you're alluding to, Rob, is one of the key resources that's uh, available on our website, alluded to in the newsletter, is about the business structures of medical yeah. clinics and specialists and doctors and the various, you know, are they a locum? Are they a contractor? Are they yep. renting room? Are they a professional on staff? all changes the way the GST interacts, who is the yep. GST-free recipient. Um, there's a lot there. The newsletter introduces you to various things bookkeepers have to think about as we do that bookkeeping for anybody playing in the medical industry. So it's a great set of resources and a great library of solutions. So just so you're aware, uh, we'd encourage, especially our members who weren't able to tune into those webinars, we encourage you to do so. Um, you know, the, the ladies take a, a very close look at how Medicare affects bookkeeping and in particular the GST free or not conversations that can result out of billing and the, res and the different aspects of the medical industry that involve some peculiarities like Medicare and high caps and uh, just generally a technology or more specifically software that isn't necessarily in the main domain with a lot of industry. So we'd encourage you to go and have a look at those uh, webinars. GST is, is very much a, a strong thread in it. And obviously that's a world that we as bookkeepers need to be across. And I'd really encourage anybody who's probably never perhaps thought they could get inside the, the healthcare or medical industry when it comes to bookkeeping to go and have a look because you might be surprised. There's an opportunity in there and that's where I was alluding to before. Um, in my experience, Matthew, I would uh, walk into a professional in private practice and generally walk out with another 14 clients. Yeah, maybe that's a bit of a reach, but uh, certainly the overflow from that would be significant because... Those private practices quite often bring into play those contractors that you spoke about, those locums, those other entities like physiotherapists and speech therapists and stuff like that, that all have businesses in their own right and require the services of good professional bookkeepers. So uh, definitely go and have a look. A uh, lot to unpack in those three sessions and um, we'd encourage you to do that. So finally, um, we, we could uh, probably talk for three or four hours on, on some of the backstories of some of the articles that we have included in December through our website and the newsletter, Matthew. But the last one I really want to spend some time on today is um, one that we, we're hearing a lot starting to come into the 2023 year. I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up and say it concerns me a little bit. I'm a little bit unsure and a little bit un unstable, I guess might be the word as to how this is going to unpack in my own private bookkeeping practice. Um, and I'm referring to, and we, we have a section in our newsletter called the Baz Agent World, um, which we uh, try and um, put a focus specifically on Baz Agents, obviously, with, hence the title, Client Agent Linking. And uh, we've got an article that is, has the title, Client Agent Linking, is this the best solution? So first of all, Matthew, what is Client 
agent linking and how is that potentially going to affect the BAS agent in particular? Yeah, thanks, Rob. So as we're all aware, in order for an agent to act on behalf of a business, we've got to create a connection in the ATO between us as an agent and that that taxpayer, that taxpaying entity. Um, to use online services for agents, to lodge single-touch payroll reports, to use our software and lodge activity statements through our software, we as the agent have to be connected somehow to the client. What, how we do that in the past is we add the client in the ATO systems. What is happening is the ATO are just trying to tighten up the level of security around who can add a client and how they add a client. As we are all aware from the old tax office portal days through to some of the functionality we have in online services for agents now, we have so much functionality, we have so much visibility, we want more, but in order to get the more, the security level has to pick up. So there has been some fraud committed against the ATO and taxpayers by misuse of the way an agent can add a client. So they're trying to raise the bar and raise the security level. Now, it's only about when a agent is trying to attach to a new business or a new taxpayer. So for your existing client base, no change, no alteration going forward. It's only when you appoint somebody new. Right now, this only applies to the very big end of town or multinational yeah. businesses. So it's only businesses in the top 500 privately owned wealthy groups. It's public and multinational businesses in the top 100, top 1,000. And it is most public or multinational businesses as well. And that's capturing some of our smaller end because they're multinational or part of a multinational group. But literally... Um, based on some ATO data, this is only attaching to the top 50,000 entities at the moment. It's not dealing with most of our client base, Rob. So right now, we as ICB and the other professional associations are in significant conversation with the tax office. This might yeah. work for the top end of town. It will not work for the bottom end of town, the ones that we're dealing with on a daily basis. That new client who walks in, who's the hairdresser down the street, Rob. Um, it's not going to work because they don't live in MyGovID. They don't live in MyGov. They don't live in online services for business. And all of that's required in order to do the ATO's current system that they're looking to implement. So we are discussing what might have to happen in order for it to work for the rest of the community. So right now, Rob, despite some of the comms that's come out from the ATO, despite the banner that comes up when you go into online services for agents, there's a <laughs> banner at the top there that yes. says new client agent linking requirement. Yes. Chances are it doesn't apply to you. It only applies to that, that top 50,000 I've spoken about. Yeah. So what's my advice today? Don't panic. The concern you were expressing, Rob, as people have read this and read what it is in the process, the concern is real. And believe yeah. me, I have expressed it 
um, in detail to the ATO, as have others, um, saying that this is not going to work for the bulk of the community. It will effectively just create so much more work and um, you don't want to know what my recommendation will be to you all should, <laughs> should the ATO create this work. Um, but look, we are in positive discussion with them at the moment. We're hoping to get a better answer before they increase. And that's the thing we want to call out. We want to make sure that uh, especially our membership are aware that um, as part of the advocacy that we do as the ICB, uh, when we do come across something that uh, we, we can tell and we hear your voice telling us that there's going to be some, some really major challenges with what's being proposed, we will be in there fighting all the way. Um, and certainly, Matthew, we appreciate uh, your advocacy inside that and uh, we'll watch this space, I guess, for me, just to hear that sort of alleviates any angst uh, that I may have had through those little banners that you talked about that keep popping up and a few other things that keep uh, appearing at the moment. At the moment, the uh, the central message, I guess, is um, don't panic, as you said, uh, if you're a bookkeeper out there and uh, we'll continue to update you as the advocacy process continues. So that probably brings us to the end of uh, the in-depth section of uh, looking at the newsletter. There is a swathe of other topics in our newsletter and on our website, icb.org.au, that we'd encourage you, whether you are a member or a small business owner, a business, a bookkeeper in employment, to go and have a look at. Um, we've got topics including supporting clients during the recent disasters. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, some recent partnerships that we've um, created involving insolvency and we'll be picking up on that a bit more later in the year and in particular at our summit this year. Um, heap of other uh, topics in there that you could go and have a look at and uh, certainly we'd encourage you to do that. But for the moment, Matthew, thank you for joining us today on the ICB News Channel. We uh, always value your input and uh, we, uh, again, wish you a happy new year and uh, hope that the 2023 that we spoke about at the start of the episode will be that positive and energetic um, uh, period of time for us all as we go into the next 12 months. But thank you again for joining us today, Matthew. Thanks, Rob. Uh, thanks for the invite to be involved and uh, greetings to, to everybody and enjoy 2023. Indeed, and we'll now... Uh, move to uh, the next session that we're going to have, and that's with the CEO of the ICB, Amanda Linton, and we're going to uh, be talking all things Summit 2023. So hang in there and uh, we'll, we'll cue Amanda in very shortly. And as promised, we've got, or, or I've now got uh, joining us today on the ICB News Channel podcast, the CEO of uh, the ICB, of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Amanda Linton. And uh, Amanda, a very happy new year to you. And happy new year to you and all the listeners, Rob. Yeah, we've uh, just had a bit of a session with uh, the uh, the ICB's uh, director, Matthew Addison, executive director, and he's uh, um, certainly given us a bit of a a bit of a bit of oomph as we go into a brand new year, 2023. A bit of positivity, a bit of a uh, bit of energy is what we've just called out, and we're going to tap into that in a moment with definitely our marquee event for the year, which hopefully will drive that 
energy and that passion that we know is in our bookkeeping community that, uh, of course, being our Australian Bookkeepers Summit 2023, we'll talk talk extensively about that uh, in, in a short time. But um, I've picked up uh, and we, we, we constantly put our focus back to our uh, ICB newsletter, uh, which came out in the back end of December. And an article on page 17 is one that uh, you can uh, make claim to and uh, can own. Uh, it's got the heading, Professionalism is Everybody's Business, and probably taps into the whole conversation that we've been leading for a number of years now around the professional bookkeeper, but in particular, you've put a bit of a lens on how a, a small team can look when it comes to professionalism. So do you want to sort of kick off by telling us a little bit about what the backstory is with that article? So thanks, Rob. Well, the, the backstory of the article is that one of the conversations that we have frequently is around how do I build a team that cares about my business as much as I do? Right? And the reality is, is we go through phases of trying to create all these little mini-me's, um, particularly when we're super passionate about the business being us and it being our reputation on the line. And so a number of people get a little concerned about building a team because they're like, well, what if my team isn't as professional as what I as how I operate, yeah. what happens if, yep. um, you know, they, they don't adhere to the same values. And so that's really where the backstory of the article came from. And as you've called out, it's part one. We're going to unpack part two in our next newsletter. Yes. But yep. really what we're talking about here is the fact that when we're talking professionalism, in order for a business to be perceived as being professional, it can't just be about you as the business owner. These are yeah. things that you have to teach your team about how to interact. And so that's everything from the way they answer the phone, the way that they communicate in an email, uh, the, the language that they use, um, the inclusivity of, of the broader team. And so when we're talking about professionalism in a business, it's a little bit of folly to just talk about the business owner. We really need to talk mm. about the other members of our team and, and how that comes across. So if I think about it in ICB's perspective, it would be great and it's well and good for me to stand in front of a crowd and say, hey, look, you know, um, we are the height of professionalism in everything that we do. But at the end of the day, if a member calls in and a member of our member services team or our support team or anyone else for that matter, isn't portraying the level of professionalism that, that I'm yeah. speaking about, then it means nothing, right? So yeah. we really need to bring our team on board um, when we're having these conversations about being professional. We can't just be us as the business owner. And so that's really the background to the article itself. Um, so just a couple of things and, you know, when we talk about the professionalism of a team, well, there are some things that, you know, we need to think about. And when you, when you really unpack this, a lot of it might seem like common sense, but as we say, common sense is not necessarily so common. Um, <laughs> and so one of the things um, that we're calling out here and some of this to a lot of listeners will just be obvious but to others, it'll be stuff they've not thought about before. So when we're talking about professionalism, it's everything from do I turn up on time to a meeting, whether that be a mm. Zoom meeting or whether that be a face-to-face -face meeting. Um, it's not just about how I present myself um, physically, you know, um, in person. It's also about how do I present myself um, like sitting in a Zoom meeting. You know, we've all mm. heard the stories of those who dress professionally from the waist up. Classic example, <laughs> right? So it's those kinds <laughs> of things. But it's taking it one step further. It's how much, you know, what, what's 
the loyalty factor that someone has to the client and to the business. Um, you know, what's your work ethic that comes into play? So it's yeah. not always just front-facing professionalism. Professionalism is really important when we're talking about how a team operates internally as well. And so that's what we're unpacking in the article. Yeah, and I think what, what I like about this article, and I encourage everybody to go and read it, even like you said, there may be some who go look at it and go, well, they're just, you know, things that already know or whatever. It's a call out to just remind us that some of those attributes make a big difference and the the difference they make can quite often determine the success of the business. Now, that might sound melodramatic to some, but it's the truth. I've just come from, ironically, a, uh, a short business meeting with a, a local businessman that I uh, have known for quite a while and mo mostly over lunch he complained about a particular team member of his who hasn't shown attention to work in the way that you would expect it, you know, and... I sat there thinking, oh, maybe are you being a bit harsh? But as he unpacked the scenario, no, he wasn't. The team member just wasn't showing attention to punctuality in regards to a request to get a job done in particular. So, um, you know, I suggested to him based on this article that you've written, funnily enough, that, uh, you know, he should consider having a, a conversation with that team member to, to, to really just unpack what needs to be done to ensure that doesn't happen moving forward. Now, I would suggest that, and maybe I'm uh, already getting into part two, I don't know, I might be giving a writer, but uh, there's still, a, there's a skill in um, somebody who's running a small team having those conversations with team members around the aspects that you've raised. And, and that needs to be done skillfully as well, not over-aggressively, I wouldn't have thought, but uh, certainly what I love most, and this is page 17 of the ICB newsletter for December, is some great call-outs around things like, as Amanda's raised, punctuality, looking the part, which I think, Amanda, you know that I'm a big fan of, um, regardless of whether you're on Zoom and at home or not. Um, go back to the old, uh, my dad saying, you know, if you can't be a good cricketer or at least look like one, that was uh, his comment. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if that works in the workplace as well, but certainly worked on the cricket field apparently. Um, support of your co-workers and just general work ethic, which is is where the lunch that I've just had has called out some, some issues around that. So really great article. Um, anything you want to add before we move on? No, look, as I say, go read the article. Um, I'd be really keen for anyone who wants to provide feedback to us, um, you know, on that kind of article, then please do that. Um, but as I said, it really does come down to professionalism is more than just the business owner. It's a team effort to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, for many of the experienced business owners out there in the bookkeeping community, they'll tell you that... Um, if you do make it just about the business owner, there's folly there as well. Absolutely. And that can, can lead to uh, maybe not the result that you're looking for when you first set out on your pathway. We'll get to Summit shortly, but just before we do, um, we've, we're reflecting on the energies and the, and the positivity of moving into 2023 and beyond. Um, but we can't ignore the fact that we've still got legacy from what's happened over the last two or three years um, and in particular through the COVID period, which, which, you know, I keep calling out isn't necessarily over yet, but certainly we've, we've, we're moving into a different phase, you might say, coming out the other side. Um, businesses in financial trouble. Um, I'll call it out um, in my region of, of, of Western Australia where I live, I can give evidence of plenty of that, you know, businesses who are really struggling 
Not always financially, but predominantly financially. You know, they're they're in a position where another couple of moves the wrong way could see them go down a pathway that could end badly for them. And so, um, again, page 37 of the December newsletter announces a new strategic partnership that the ICB has made to try and assist bookkeepers like myself and, and those listening in now and business owners who are listening in right now uh, around that. Do you want to give us a bit of backstory around that? Yeah, so this relationship has actually been in development, Rob, for about six months. So it's not a it's not a partnership we've taken lightly. So we've invested quite a lot of time, as have Hamilton Murphy, have invested time in us as well, to understand where some support in relation to businesses that get themselves into financial strife. Where do they go? How do we assist them as professional bookkeepers? Um, and also, too, about drawing some lines about, you know, what is an appropriate level of involvement for a bookkeeper versus, you know, we there tends to be, I know, um, in my past history as well, you know, there tended to be a little bit of uh, reservation in dealing with businesses that got themselves into a bit of financial strife because we were worried about getting caught up as you know, priority creditors and not yeah. getting paid and all of this yeah. kind of thing. And so when we we first um, started seeking out uh, a partner who would be able to help us with how do we approach this in a, in a reasonably um, respectful way and a realistic way so that, you know, we can give businesses some assurance that they're not on their own when they go through tough, tough times. And um, really, from the very first time that I met with the team from Hamilton Murphy, I was filled with a whole lot of confidence about the way in which they go about helping businesses. And the thing that I'm, I was really excited about is they have a very different approach from the traditional administrative and insolvency practitioners that I know I've dealt with in the past, yeah. in that yep. their first approach is to how can we potentially reconstruct or help build recovery of the business. That's their first priority. And that doesn't necessarily always look how we think it does. And the thing to Mm. remember is a business that gets themselves into financial strife, um, quite often we tend to sort of see that in front of us is just this cliff. It's, you know, bankruptcy, it's, you know, administration, et cetera. But there are a whole lot of other processes that can happen in front of it. And so why we chose Hamilton Murphy as our as our insolvency and business recovery partner is because their approach is very different. It's as say it is about recovery and reconstruction first and foremost to get the best possible outcomes for the business owner, for the staff that are engaged, um, and potentially, you know, then for the longevity of that business um you know, into the future. The other side of it is that, you know, unfortunately, through the best intentions of everyone concerned, some businesses just don't survive and we understand that's a reality of the world in which we live in. And so then it's the way in which they have this personal approach of actually taking a business owner through what the next steps may be if the inevitable has to happen. But yeah, as I say, it, it, is a, it is a last resort for them. You know, they do, as I said, um, what I liked about them was the fact that their key focus first is, is the business owner okay? Um, and how do we now work together in a true partnership to to get them out of the strife that they're in? So I'm really excited about this partnership, Rob. I think it's a really important one, particularly at the moment, as you say. Unfortunately, yes, we go into a new year full of optimism, but there are some business owners that they don't start a new year um, in that kind of mindset. Yeah. So yeah. this this partnership gives us a real ability to be able to 
for want of a better word, put our arms around our clients and help them, you know, when maybe things aren't going so great. Yeah, so the the partnership um, the ICB have made is with Hamilton Murphy, as as Amanda has called out, insolvency and business recovery is their is their specialty, but in a different sort of flavour to perhaps some have dealt with before, and uh, we'll be we'll be partnering alongside. Obviously, um, Hamilton Murphy uh, will certainly be providing additional opportunities for especially our membership to come more aware of their services in time, and uh, and it segues beautifully into the last part of what we want to talk about today, and that is our summit 2023 where uh, Hamilton Murphy may uh, or will have a presence and certainly we'll talk, be talking a little bit about businesses in financial trouble as part of uh, of our summit. So let's have a look at uh, summit 2023. We've uh, we've got the catch cry there, uh, 2023 and beyond. So uh, a real focus this year on saying, you know, we, we've we've been through a tough few years. Now it is time to emerge. And what does that look like? And again, that positivity and energy that we believe bookkeepers can throw into their practices and into their clients moving into 2023 and beyond. Um, but I won't give too many spoilers. Maybe do you want to tell us a little bit about our event in March that uh, we're already very excited about. Thanks, Rob. This is ICB's flagship event. Um, for those who may not have been aware of the Australian Bookkeepers Summit, we've now been running them, um, I can't believe it, for almost almost 13 years. Um, we've been running this event in one form or another, and clearly that form has changed a little bit. In the last couple of years, we had to adapt. But uh, we're back to a full face-to-face -face delivery system, plus we have an online um, version of the event as well for those who maybe can't travel to, um, you know, to a, an actual venue. We um, have made sure that we actually have, can service as many people as we possibly can. The key thing about this event, Rob, um, that I'd just like to call out is this isn't only for ICB members. This event is open mm. to any business owner, any person who's working in an account space role within a business. Yep. Um, as I say, you might be a member of another association. You could even be an accountant. Um, we'd love to yes. have you in the room. And so the, the agenda and this particular event is tailored to make sure that it's not just focused on people who are professional bookkeepers, but anyone who is working within the broader bookkeeping sphere, or as I said, a business owner who does their own bookkeeping. Because yeah. let's face it, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to unpack and understand. So we've really put a focus, as you said, this year on, well, what is 2023 and beyond? Because as we know, our world continually changes in relation to technology. Compliance requirements yeah. are always um, on the move as well. And so we really just wanted to unpack and say, look, okay, we've been through some stuff in the last two years. Now it's time for what's next. Like, let's get excited yeah. about the future. And, um, and I think that's what this event's going to actually deliver for us this year. And can I also call out that uh, for for those who perhaps in our membership who've recently joined us on our termination workshops around Australia at the back end of um, 2022, they'll know that uh, I stood on stage and unashamedly held out this thing called a manual, uh, something that we uh, don't see very often these days and, you know, I suggested that they might want to sniff it, I think was where I was going with it because it's <laughs> just something we uh, we don't see very often these days is an actual manual at an event and, and we'll certainly be having that for those who register for the event this year as well as the opportunity to get a PDF copy. Um, but... 
just a man to, to hold something in your hand that you can take away and read and look at. Wow, how good is that? I mean, I'm probably showing my age now, but... <laughs> and look, and it is, and you've called out an important point, Rob, is that our conference manual is available in either a PDF or a hard copy format. We still um, produce a hard copy format because there are plenty of people who like to take them into the room and write notes all throughout the presentation sessions, etc. The manual itself Correct. is the backup resource to everything that you'll hear the speakers from stage talking about and 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 your reference material for, you know, future use is is the key yeah. thing for it. So the manual, as I say, will encompass what's in the agenda. The thing to remember is the manual is extremely comprehensive. It's about a 250-page manual usually. Um, mm. As we start to put it together, it's shaping up. It'll be about the same size this year. And it's a really great reference material, as I said. So it gives us the ability to give a whole lot more background to what we may talk about on stage because the reality is... You know, when I, when I have a look at our agenda for this year and I'm really pleased with our agenda this year, we could make a whole day's conference out of any one of the topics that we've currently got listed. So the manual is a great yeah. way to provide that backup resource material. And that focus will be on, um, as you've mentioned, you know, it's, we, we encourage business owners or, or bookkeepers in employment to, to, to get on board and come along to the summit. But for also for our membership, you're going to get some great technical content. You're going to get some stuff in there that will drive your practice moving forward in a way that you might be surprised. There's going to be some things in there that will have you thinking, definitely, I, I can I can promise you that. So let, let's just call out the location. So we'll be kicking off on the uh, 1st of March, Wednesday the 1st of March in Hobart. That's right. So for all our uh, Taswegians out there, um, we're really excited always to come to Hobart because that gives us an opportunity to to, to uh, engage with you guys and, uh, you know, there's no better place in my mind to go um, and enjoy some some company and that's in Tasmania, your old home state, Amanda. It is, um, Rob, and, and look, and, and can I also just call out, um, for those of you who have been with us in the past, uh, we've managed to avoid the bass deadline this year. So, um, yes. you know, basses will be yeah, over and call. done with by the time we hit, yep. hit the road this year, which will be great. Yep, we can let our hair down and relax and, and learn and enjoy. Uh, we'll then be heading off to Canberra on Friday the 3rd of March. Uh, quick trip down the hill to Sydney. I don't know if it's down the hill or up the hill. I'm from Western Australia, so we don't have hills over <laughs> here. But uh, well, whichever way the direction is, we'll be heading to Sydney on Tuesday the 7th of March. Cairns, we're, uh, we're, we're heading north. So uh, we'll definitely be up in Cairns on Friday the 10th of March. And we love our Cairns crowd. Uh, do we ever? Yes, only been there once and couldn't can't wait to get back again. Um over to your hometown in Adelaide on the 15th of March, on Wednesday the 15th of March, and then uh, another trip upwards up to Darwin. Again, another place I hadn't been to too often but uh, fell in love with when we were there last time. Friday the 17th of March we'll be in Darwin. We land uh, in my uh, in my home patch, you might say, in Perth, although I'm a bit south of Perth, but uh, in Perth on the 20th of March. Brisbane on the 22nd of March and then a second day on the 23rd of March and then finally finishing up in Melbourne on Tuesday the 28th of March and Wednesday the 29th of March. But not forgetting also for those who find some difficulties or for whatever reasons aren't able to attend face-to-face that we'll also be offering um, online events on the 30th and 31st of March. So 
a big month, kicking off on the 1st and finishing on the 31st. It's going to be uh, huge, Amanda. It is going to be huge, Rob. And uh, just to um, clarify too that the two dates that you've mentioned or the two days' worth of events that we'll be holding in Brisbane and Melbourne, it is actually still a one-day event. It's the same content just held across. Uh, we're just yes. splitting the crowd across oh, cool. two days. Uh, and that's yep. mainly because, um, you know, one of the pieces of feedback we got was that Sometimes with these kinds of events, when there are too many people in the room, you lose the ability to engage with the crowd. And so we really want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to be part of the presentation day. And so hence we run the same content, but we do it across two days. So um, so for our Brisbane-based listeners, you can attend on either... Uh, Wednesday the 22nd or Thursday the 23rd of March and then the same again with Melbourne the following week. You can attend on either the Tuesday or the Wednesday and that's mainly because they're the two uh, venues that we get our biggest numbers at and so to be able to break the crowd down into two slightly smaller groups um, certainly helps with say, our ability to to um, ensure that everybody gets to engage. Rob, the other call out for this year too is I'm really excited that we put the whole team back on the road again. So it will be the the senior presentation team will be at every event, regardless of whether we're talking Hobart or whether we're talking our big events in Brisbane and Melbourne. Uh, so that'll be really great for the team to be able to re-engage with people on the ground again. I know it's something the team love and uh, and something that we always get a lot of good feedback is the ability yeah. to interact with the senior members of the, of, of the ICB team. Um, plus, we'll have our support team with us as well. So it's going to be great just to be back together in a room as a team um, that we can, you know, interact uh, back to the way that we, dare I say, broadly the way that we used to. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So exciting. Um, so get on board, folks, regardless of... Whether you're a member of the ICB, we definitely encourage our members to get along. Um, This is a fabulous opportunity to engage. That was the word that I was looking for before, engage. Um, But also that call out that if you're uh, tuning in right now and you're a business owner and you've sort of been unsure of what you can and can't engage with when it comes to the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, this is one of those events that you can. So Amanda, tell us, how does uh, how does one enrol or get on board with uh, one of those events that we've just mentioned? So it's really easy. All ICB members would have received an email back in December about registering. So you can either access through the links in the email, you can access through the ICB Summit 2023 links in the newsletter, um, which is also another, just, just a click, stri- click through, straight through to the registration pages, or you can actually access the registration pages directly from the ICB website. So icb.org.au. And then, as I just follow the links, it's really obvious when you get to the web page, it'll take you through to the registration and give you all the detail of what we've just talked about as well. So get on it, www.icb.org.au. Best to get in early, or the early bird catches the worm, as they say. So get in and uh, get yourself registered for one of those events. Um, I, I will be extremely pleased to, uh, to to catch up and meet uh, any of those who regularly tune into the ICB News Channel, come up and have a chat to me and we can uh, uh, definitely talk about all things podcast, you know, uh, the, the passion we've got for podcasting these days, um, Amanda. So uh, come and have a chat to me and, uh, and as Amanda said, uh, so many of our team will be there and that ability for you to re-engage with them 
may prove to be priceless. In fact, I'm certain will be priceless. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you won't regret it. So, Amanda, that sort of brings us to the end of this uh, session, this uh, episode, rather, of the ICB News Channel podcast. Thank you for joining us. Lots to look forward to in 2023. We, uh, we really do genuinely send out our best wishes to everybody in the business community and throughout our bookkeeping community, our professional bookkeepers, our BAS agents. We, we really genuinely hope that 2023 will bring a new energy, a new passion, and will make uh, bookkeeping something that you just get out of the bed every morning and go, I love being a bookkeeper. Absolutely. That's certainly what our aim is and certainly what we hope for everyone for the next 12 months at least. So thanks, Amanda. That's a wrap. And we look forward to you all joining us again on our next episode of the ICB News Channel. All the best. Thanks, Rob.